Hello, and welcome to Spirituality Isn't Woo Woo with Amy. I'm your host, and today I'm talking to Crystal Wilson, who's a mindset and empowerment coach. We're talking about money mindset, the energy of money, and how beliefs really shape the way that we view money. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to have Wilson on, who is here of She Did to heal their relationship with themselves, break up with their inner BS, and step into their most empowered selves. Welcome, Crystal. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Me too. I'm so excited to have you. I'm about different types of things, and I've always really loved you, so I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you, and I feel the same way about you. That's great. Thank you. So Crystal is a, uh, I may have already said it, but she's a mindset and empowerment. And she has a lot of different offerings, which we're going to get into at the end of the interview. I really wanted to chat specifically about money, because I know that that's something that you were talking about quite some time and about the mindset and all those different types of things. But before we get into that, I would love for you to, I suppose, just give us a little bit of a back about um you know who who you are and what's what's brought you to the crystal you are today mm, thank you so i mean i that's such a big question hey who I tell me all about who you are i, I love <laughs> it i love it so i'm like where do i start so i'm going to give you the synopsis i think that i always had a really big desire to help people so i was the girl who never knew what she wanted to do but i knew i wanted to make an impact and i knew i wanted to help people so i feel like in school all my friends knew exactly what they wanted to do what they were going to study at uni and i was like the lost little soul go i don't know what i want to do but i just really have the desire to make an impact and help people and that's kind of what i've gone on to do so i suppose my where how did I get into this work? I was work, first working in child protective services and, and, and studying social science, uh, social welfare. And at the same time, I was in a really toxic relationship and I had to break free of that relationship. And that was really the catalyst for me to take a really deep look at my own life, take radical responsibility and to really go on a deep healing journey. Um, leaving that really bad relationship was the catalyst for me doing all of my healing work and through wanting to heal my own wounds and, and become the best version of myself. I did lots of personal development. And then that really led me to go, hold on a second. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to help other women because I felt very alone. Like, like, you know, at that time, like I didn't feel like any of my friends were like, you know, doing any personal development. We were still all going out drinking every weekend. So I felt like I was like the, the only one who was really, really exploring that. Mm. Not the only one, but it just wasn't a big theme. Do you know what I mean? Then we were more, yeah. I was definitely more focused on like going out and drinking. Um, so then I kind of threw myself into personal development and, you know, went on my own journey. And then I started to do courses and get certified and do trainings that I could actually do this work with women. And that's kind of how I became a coach and mentor and created the She Who Dares brand and have gone on to help, you know, God, like women all over the world and hundreds of women now, which is just so incredible. But it all started with me doing the work for me. And I still work for me every day, but now I get to bring all these beautiful, incredible women along that journey as well. I love that. That's so powerful. And I really 
the part about the personal development, because it can feel a little bit lonely when uh, you're sort of the first person that, you know, not the first person, but you don't have a lot of those type of people. So um, it's really special that, that you were able to do that and um, really honor you. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was alone as well. Like I'd left that relationship. I was in a really dark place and it was really uh, like toxic and emotionally abusive. And I was living alone and it was like, it's time to face myself. It's time to, you know, really take a look at what I'm the common denominating factor in my life. And so if I'm having relationship breakdowns or I'm attracting really toxic people into my life, at the end of the day, I'm the common denominating factor. And I had to really take a deep look at why I was attracting these results in my life that I didn't wanted, even though I was the victim to a horrible relationship, but I still chose to stay in it. So that was like that first moment of going, oh, I need to stop being the victim and mm -hmm. I need to actually really look at why I am attracting these results. Like, what do I believe about myself that I am accepting these types of relationships and this type of behavior? And that's a real breakthrough moment um, that a lot of what I teach in like my body of work is like taking like radical responsibility. Like you are the only person who can save you. And if you've got things happening in your life that you don't like, whether you're the victim to them or not, it's besides that. You're the only one who can change it. And it's about taking like radical responsibility. And I had to do that. And I had to face a lot of my bullshit. And it was a, a fun ride. <laughs> No, I love that. And I love that you said that. I actually wrote that down, radical responsibility. Mm. Sometimes, like you said, we don't realize that we're the denominator. We be attracting situations or in that lower frequency that's in those lower frequencies. And so to take that radical responsibility, that's the only way we can change because it starts with us. Absolutely. And it's the hardest piece. I mean, when I left my relationship, I remember I was the victim. It was a horrible, toxic, yeah. emotionally abusive relationship. I had to escape it. But, it, and it was really interesting. Once I got over the, the, I am the victim and I played that role very well, very comfortably. It was like, I always, it was my Oscar award-winning role you know, of, of what I went through. I was like Meryl Streep. Um, but it's, at some point I realized that I wasn't even angry at him or hurt by him anymore. The person that I was most angry with and most hurt by was myself mm. because the only person who truly betrayed me was me because I stayed, I put up with it. I accepted the lies or whatever it was. And I know so many women can relate to that. Um, and I'm not saying it's easy to stay. Like I could have left. That's the thing As I was, it wasn't a violent or anything like that. It was emotionally abusive. I could have left there was many opportunities to leave, but you know, when you're in that toxic um, situation, it, it, it is hard to leave because you're being gaslit and all things. So it was really interesting at the end of it all. It was like, Oh no, I'm actually really angry at myself. <laughs> I, I betrayed myself. And then how did I get to a place where I betrayed myself, which was, that's where the real healing, you've got to break down to break through, right? Oh, a hundred percent. That's going to help. That's going to help a lot of people to hear that or, or mm, absolutely. That, that, wow. Okay. How can I change myself to change my life? I can't change, yeah. change my surroundings, external things, but I can change myself. Yes. I just did a reel on Instagram about this. I was like a reminder, we cannot change our external world. And this is the truth. You cannot change or control anything in your external world. The only thing that you have control over is your internal world. 
And here's the secret is that if you want to change things in your external world, the only way to do that is by changing the way you think, you feel, you react and you respond to your external world. It's amazing when you do the healing work, it's amazing how you will see a different relationship with your parents by your own work that you're doing. And it's not because they've changed, it's that you've changed how you're showing up in that relationship, which has allowed that person to create something new with you as well. It's really amazing. Yes, that is the, that is a takeaway right there. That is very, very powerful because we all we also remind ourselves that people do the best they can times that they were in. Um, so that's, that's really, really powerful as well. So I thought we would just sort of get into some of that kind of get into that money topic. Cause I feel like it's a really big topic at the moment. I only feel like money, um, in my circles at least, or in my upbringing and around me was more of a taboo subject thing. That's a hot topic talked about more, especially in the coaching world, as far as helping people to break through those challenges so I wanted to ask you you know what do you think that the conversation around money is changing or why is it more something that you're talking about I think that men have always talked about money mm. I think that men it's been always socially acceptable for men to talk about money and I think now what I'm definitely seeing is that women are really talking about money they are they have big goals and ambitions and dreams and they are sharing those dreams and ambitions. They are sharing what they're earning. So I think that that dialogue is shift because I think women are awakening and taking back their power and they're mm. no longer being controlled by the patriarchs. I think that that's one component is that I think that it's been taboo for women to speak about money and women are being like, well, F that. <laughs> We're just not yeah. abiding by those rules anymore. So, which is amazing because part of, the work that I do with helping women to heal their money stuff, their money shit is, is really looking at, um, you know, what's holding them back because of those, uh, it's so layered. Do you know what I mean? There's so many things about women and money, right? Specifically. Totally. But um, yeah, so I think that's one component is that I, I think that it's a generational thing. I think that, um, you know, my I'm 38. So my parents' generation, definitely it was taboo to speak about money. But what I know is that my generation and the generations after me, it's like this, our parents, so my parents, were they were 50s and 60s, um, they, don't, they didn't do this work. They didn't do healing work. That was, that was taboo. Do you know what I mean? You suck it up and you get on and you keep moving forward. And so there's been this real shift in like also doing the healing work, going to therapy, working with coaches and mentors and just self-discovery. Like all of that was very almost indulgent in the generation before us. So there's a real shift in that healing work. And I think that that also is why people like our generation is not so taboo about money. Maybe a little bit, maybe in, in I think about, yeah, I think that probably some people in my in my generation are still a little bit taboo about money, but I think there's a lot of us that are like breaking down those um those walls. Oh, and rightfully so, because money's so powerful. <laughs> money's so incredibly powerful. And um, you know, I always teach around energetics as well. I love teaching around energetics, I love teaching around money and healing. And you know, something that I have been taught and now I love to embody and teach on is it's not who it's not what you do, it's who you are when you do it. So like if you're 
creating all of this like negativity and toxicity and like these taboo feelings around money, then that is the energy in which you're doing it. And that's exactly the result you're going to create for yourself. So it's like breaking free and being like, actually money is a powerful, resourceful, amazing thing. And it should be celebrated. Like when did we decide that it was like taboo and bad to talk about money, which just seems so ridiculous. It just feeds into this, these, all these old limiting beliefs around money. Yeah. I think that you touched on a really big topic before as well about it, it's never been, you know, taboo for men, but it's something that was taboo for women. So that's a really, really good point yeah. because it's thing that has evolved. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, I think it was like in like the sixties, like it wasn't that long ago that we weren't able to even vote. Do you know what I mean? Like, so for us to be taking back our financial empowerment, you know what I mean? That is just like amazing. And I'm here for it. So if I can, you know, help women heal their money stuff, heal their money story to really embody, really in, embody their financial empowerment. Then I'm, you know, I'm, I want to help them do that. Yeah, amazing. And why? So, why do you think that some people have like a real abundance mindset and some have more of a lack mindset? So, you know, you all we all know people that are abundant and they sort of have money just flows and it continues. And then you have friends or family or just other people, you know, are always striving. You know, they're talking about the lack or how they never have enough. Um, do you think that's something that is inherent or something that's conditioning? What, what are your thoughts around that? I think that 100 percent is conditioning. I think that by the time you're by the time you're seven years old, no, without getting into like the the intricate science of this but by the time you're seven years old you have already already instilled most of your core beliefs about yourself about the world about money about everything so the environment in which you grow up in the belief systems of your parents and think of our parents generation money's taboo money's bad money money's the root of all evil like think about the things if you look if you want to know what your money beliefs are if you're struggling in that area go and look at the things your parents say about money because that's what you've heard and that's what's been deeply ingrained into you and you weren't even given an opportunity until now hopefully this podcast listening to this an opportunity to decide what you want to believe about money you've just adopted the beliefs of the fam your family and the generations before you that have been passed down um so yeah i think that it's definitely upbringing environment conditioning mm. the these beliefs are installed. So some people, some people, you know, there are people out there who don't have anything and are the richest people in the world. Yeah. Right. So it's like some people are controlled by money in like the low vibrational negative ways. And some people, you know, don't have a lot at all and are, you know, quote unquote struggling, but they have everything. Do you know what I mean? So I think it depends on your, your, your experience. Like I've been, I went to Vanuatu and we, um, we helped restore schools and took over, we did like a big charity, uh, charity events over there for leadership training. And it was like, these people have nothing. Yeah. And they are the happiest, you know, most beautiful, generous people on the, on the planet. Do you know what I mean? They were like, they have nothing to give, but they're giving you the nothing they have. Yeah. And so I just think it's, it's about your upbringing, like your, what you, what you've seen, heard and experienced. So 
Yeah, in my in my money course, it's not about money management. It's about healing. So we look at that. We look about the generational patterns and trauma around money that you have been exposed to as to why you might have the money blocks that you have now. I suppose if if conditioning is pretty much sort of where we get this, if someone really wanted to go, okay, I want to be conscious of my beliefs around money. I want to be conscious that I want to change patterns. What's something like a first step or what's something you can do to start to change that process? Well, awareness is always the first step in any healing journey, whether that's mm-hmm. your relationship with yourself or relationship with money. So the first step is becoming aware of what the problem is. So I would look at well, what are my money patterns and behaviors that don't make me feel good? You know, do I, uh, for example, one of the most common things that I see with women. And the thing is, I'm a big teacher of this is that your relationship with yourself is in direct correlation with your relationship with money. Like whatever's going on in your relationship with yourself is going to manifest in your relationship with money. So Mm -hmm. if you are a woman who, let me give you an example, like can't hold money. Do you know what I mean? Like you have money come in, but you can't hold it. Like it's like the minute you get any any money, it's like it just slips through your hands. So like for me, if I was working with her, I'm going to look at your own uh, levels of self-worth. Because if you don't value money or think there's worth in money that you can't hold on to it, it, it shows me that there's a, there's a disconnect in your own self-worth. Uh, it mm-hmm. could be um, like spending money you don't have to get a quick dopamine hit. And I and I I personally in my journey I have done all of these things. Right? Yeah. So I only I'm speaking from my own experience as being a woman and going on my own healing journey. So it might be like, you know, I'm not I'm depressed, I'm not feeling good and I want to numb out those feelings. So I'm going to go buy something quickly and I'm going to and and I'm going to feel it's going to give me this like quick gratification, this quick high, this quick dopamine hit. And then I'm probably not even going to take the tags off of the top that I just bought and I'm never going to wear it. It's like looking at what are, this is the radical responsibility piece of like what, what are the things that are currently you can identify are a problem. So first look at, do I have debt? Do I have lots of PayPal? Do I have, uh, no, I'm sorry, afterpay? Do I have lots of credit cards? Do I, do I spend money I don't have on things I don't need to make myself feel better? Mm-hmm. There are a hundred different ways that you could look at your different money patterns. So I would start there and then look at, well, what do I believe about money? What was my experience with money? Um, how do I feel about money? When I think about money, does it put me into a low vibrational state? Do I feel worry and stress and lack and scarcity? Or do I feel safe and secure and abundant? And I love how you said the first step is awareness. If it's completely, you know, subconscious, and we're not we're just because most of our life you know coming from that subconscious part but if we're not aware then we're just patterns but as soon as we're aware we're able to make those unconscious subconscious things become and that's change happens that you said that and i wanted to touch on as well is is i know that you've posted what was identity money identity is very much in the way that i teach it is in my program, Mystic Money, which is about learning about like the energy of money and healing our money story, I, I would do a process where you look at your identity because there's the identity that you're born into and then there's this moment in your life 
where you kind of draw a line in sand and you decide to create your own identity. The identity that's in alignment with who you want to be in the world. Um, and so I feel like some people never do that. They just kind of like go on to live the identity of their upbringing, their parents, their beliefs. Like it's like not even, it's not even, they're even, they're not even them because they've just adopted so much of their parents and mm. so many of their beliefs. So when I talk about it in money, we look at like, what is your experience with money from your parents? So what is the money identity that you've adopted? So some people are born into I mean I'll look at me like I was born into a family that struggled with money I was you know there were times where we would have to get our winter coats from the Smith family do you know what I mean or there were there were really really hard hard times financially and then there were times where things weren't as hard financially um and I just there was always a lack and always a fear and always pinching pennies it felt like and my parents did their absolute best. That was just the, the card that they were dealt. And that was the, my upbringing. And so my money identity was that money is hard, that money is hard for me. And I have, what was really interesting is like watching how much I've strived for success. Like how, how like I made a decision when I was like 12 that I was not going to be like that and that I would do anything to not repeat that pattern. So that was like me where I chose like, this is not, this is not what I want for myself and I want to break this cycle. So I chose a new identity around money and I started working on my own identity around money. I didn't always get it right. There was lots of up and downs on that journey and there still are. Uh, you know, I started working before it was even legal for me to work because I had to work because if I wanted to buy things, I was 14. I think my mom had to write a letter. Um, it was 14, nine months at the legal age. But at 14, I started working because I had to work. I had to work to bring in money because I had to um, like be able to like support myself and buy things myself because my parents were in a position to do that all the time. Um, so then I became a hard worker because if you work hard, you make money, which is a whole other belief system that now at 38, I've like had to dismantle. So actually, I don't need to work hard and prove myself to make money. I can actually make money by doing less. It's about my energetic state. It's about who I am. It's um, all of those things. So I've been on a journey of like changing my identity with money my whole life. I love that. I love it because it, it all just ties in together, you know, the awareness and then looking at the belief. When we look at our upbringing, you know, family and just how everyone talked about money it's it's quite interesting that you have some people that just can you have some people that like yourself say i'm gonna find a way i'm gonna find a way out i have to go through that as well as i get into my um full yeah i think i also think that i i would say some of the most abundant people this is the thing like abundance isn't money and prosperity and wealth, right? Because when I, I, I use the example of the people in Vanuatu when I met them, like they were abundant in love and joy. So abundance is like this like balance of all things. Do you know what I mean? Not just money. Um, and maybe their value as well. So like then it comes down to your values and what your desire is. So those people in Vanuatu who don't have all of the Western material things, are extremely happy and comfortable and abundant, but they also may not desire the same things that I desire, right? Of course. 
so it's that as well. So I think an abundance mindset isn't for me. I don't correlate that with just money. No. In fact, money would be the last the last thing. So I think when you ask the question about like if some people are abundant, I think it's the uh, I grew up around a fear and scarcity around money. So that energy of that lived in the home, right? And yeah. so that that became um what I went on to create for myself. And I had to consciously choose a new identity around money. And it's an identity that I'm constantly working on because like I always say, like new level, new devil, right? As soon as you think you've worked through a whole heap of things, you get to that like new level and you're like, yes, look at me go. And then you're like, oh God, oh God, there's a whole new level of like fear. And <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And that's the beauty of life, right? It's not just free flowing. We're constantly going to have and then come out stronger the other side. And um, it's a lifelong journey. I hate that word journey, but it's so true. It is really is a journey. Yeah, I, I, I use it all the time. So I don't hate it, but I feel like it, it does have a bad rap. But I always say like, people are like, oh, what's the meaning of life? I'm like the meaning of life is a journey within. Like that is the journey of life is to go inward and do peel back your layers, do the healing growth expansion work to get to this place of like the highest, like higher consciousness yeah. to, for yourself. Yeah, the highest, your highest potential, your highest self, your highest. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And I love that. And, and some people don't want to do that either. Like, that's cool. Like, probably like, some people are like, no, no, that's not for me. I just want to live my life at this level and I'm happy. And that's amazing. That's right. Exactly. But I also loved how you talked before about our parents and how, you know, healing is, is kind of, you know, it's always been around, but it just wasn't something that was. I suppose, mainstream or there was, we didn't have social media. We didn't have all those things back then. So, you know, we are really lucky that we have so many tools at our disposal and so many resources and um, people can really start to make a change pretty simply. Absolutely. There isn't, yeah. you know, you've never, there's even more support. Um, and it's also not taboo. I no. think it's actually now taboo to be anti yeah. self-discovery and like therapy and things like that that would be like what like what a weird closed mindset you have that you would not I you love know. so yeah. yeah um okay so now let's kind of get into crystal and the she dares brand and all of those beautiful things that you're the creator of um i know that you love to work with women and i've seen you transition through um, so many different offerings. So I thought maybe you could talk about how you've evolved in your business. I suppose where it's headed and you see you have a membership and the, the whole brand of She Dares. So what is that? Oh my God. Well, She Who Does is something that like landed in my heart like 2015. Like I, yeah, I just knew that that was going to be, I, I had, how do I explain it? Like I had the vision of the impact that I wanted to make long before I knew what that would be like, feel like. So I had that, that lived within me. It was like a deep calling that I couldn't even articulate for many, many, many years, but I just knew. And then I kind of, she who dares landed in my lap, like that phrase. And it was just like, that made sense. And that felt like, that felt like what I had embodied. Like I'm always, that was me. She, I'm always, the, I was always the girl pushing myself out of my comfort zone, striving for more unapologetically and doing the work and lots of screw ups and fuck ups along the way as well. You know what I mean? Like it, 
and owning all of that. So that phrase, she who dares, just, I really just love that. And so I, that, that's grown and developed into what it is now, which is like my brand, my business. But I was like paying for the, I've, I've registered that business name long before I knew what it would be as well. So it's like this really amazing story. Um, and so now what that looks like, so we, she who dare, I'm Krista Wilson, she who dare is my brand. And then I have lots of incredible different offerings under that brand from like high level mentorship to breakthrough coaching to a monthly membership. So I really, I have been at every stage in my journey. I have been the girl who is scraping dollar coins to put petrol in her car just to get to work, right? I've been that girl and I've been the girl who's been able to make lots of money and create, you know, two multiple six figure businesses in the last eight years. So I've been at all different stages. So something that's really important to me is that I have offerings. Like I don't want personal development or working with me to be something that only one type of woman can do. So there's, there's, offerings at every level so like my membership is a monthly membership where every month you get like hypnosis and meditations and high self activations and like guest speakers and this beautiful space to kind of tap in to self-care and development um and it's i only launched that this year and it's been amazing amazing and that's only 44 dollars a month right and you get like you get this beautiful community all of these incredible self-care tools so that you are like supported and nurtured community has been a huge part of my vision it's like i always feel like i was a girl who struggled with friends struggled with females and so i really wanted to set a new standard and break that down and, and bring women together without the judgment without the competitiveness without the pitting each other against each other and really create beautiful, nurturing, loving, kind spaces for women where all women have a seat at that table, not just the cool ones or the pretty ones, like all women are invited. And that's kind of like the, the overarching ethos of the She Who Dares brand. It's like, this is, we're setting a new standard for womanhood. Wow. That is just amazing. I mean, I'm so, <laughs> I'm like, wow, it is amazing. <laughs> Amazing. It is amazing. And it's, it's something that's so needed. It's something, as you said, all women, you know, women that ha that maybe are not very confident in making new friends or women that mm -hmm. are more introverted. It just allows everyone to be included to have that sense of community to, you know, as you know, magic happens. We learn from each other. I really want to develop that's going to touch a lot of lives. Yeah, it's been amazing. I, I, I really, it's an idea I wanted to do for years and years and years. And this year was just the right time where everything aligned and it's been beautifully received and the women in the membership are loving it. The doors, I open it every three months just so that I can spend time finding and calling forward new women. But then once the doors close, it's all about the women who are currently in the container and the membership. So it only opens every three months and it's reopening in September, which I'm really excited about. Amazing. I'm in for you online. I think these days I'm, I'm on all, every social media platform, but the one that I probably spend the most on is Instagram. And so the best place to find me is at underscore crystal wilson underscore and it's crystal with a k k r y s t a l so crystal underscore no underscore crystal wilson underscore and then my website which is www.crystalwilson.com i'm on facebook i have a free facebook group like 
there's so many different ways. Like I think start on the Instagram because then you've got all the links and everything. So then if you want to dig deeper into the world of Krista Wilson and you want to learn about my offerings and um, there's so many different ways to work with me. Mystic Money is my money program and that is coming back up in October, November. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to see all the things. Yeah, I'll definitely link all of that on the show notes for everyone to be able to access. And I want to finish off with a question I ask all the, all the guests that come on. What is spirituality to Crystal? Oh, great question. Um, I would say for me, it is about my connection to myself. So I definitely believe that. It's about my connection so through myself and my own higher consciousness. I can tap into my higher self through my mm-hmm. higher self i can tap into source energy universal energy and my guides and things like that so for me it's my for me like spirituality is about my connection to my intuition my ability to trust myself my ability to back myself my connection to my higher self and my higher consciousness through my higher consciousness is the the realm of the universe where i can tap into anything so that for me is spirituality and nothing oh. else, not tarot cards, not crystals, not sage, none of that stuff. That stuff is all uh, like costumes. You know what I mean? Like your true spirituality is your relationship with yourself and your higher consciousness. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And as I said, I want to have all the crystals. Don't worry, I have like literally all the crystals and all the sage. All of that. I love the costumes. I try them on with them all the time, but that's, yeah. that's just all costumes. No, I love it. That's really beautiful. Um, and I want to honor you, as I said, for sh- for showing up for women and for sharing your story and to continually show up for others through your vulnerability. So thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I loved it. Thanks, Crystal. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode with Crystal Wilson, I would love for you to comment, share on your stories, and give us any feedback about what you loved about the episode. Catch you next week.